Hey, profs. Welcome on in. My name's Rob Lightfoot, proud two-time alum of Rick Edelman College of Communication, class of 2000-2001. This is Beyond the Brown and Gold. I'm Jessica Kennedy. I'm the co-host here, also a two-time proud Rowan alum, class of 2008 from the Rick Edelman College of Communication and Creative Arts, and 2015 from the College of Education. Thanks so much for joining us today. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM presents Beyond the Brown and Gold, a show that highlights the lives and memories of Glassboro State and Rowan University alumni. Now, here are your hosts, Rob Lightfoot and Jessica Kennedy. Jess, the year was 88, Glassboro State College, a fresh Deirdre Breckenridge, getting ready to impact the world. She's doing big things here. She's really doing big things. We have uh, Deirdre on today, CEO of Pure Performance Communications. She's a seven-time published business book author, strategist, and communications trainer, 30-plus years in the PR field, children's book author. Higher ed experience. She yeah, worked with she students. Was, yep. She was faculty member for quite a bit of time, and we just had so much fun with her. She read us our mail a little bit. She, she did. She did. She went talked a lot about body language, yeah. and then of course we were curious what our because we're so selfish. We were right. like, "Well, what does our body language say about us?" I'm watching you right now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we talk a lot about body language and cues and how she uses all of her training to help you know businesses be kind of aware or present when they're giving presentations. So so many really cool cool things we talked to Deirdre about. In addition to the children's book she's authoring. Yeah, she co-authors a children's series with her with her husband. Uh, that benefits a great cause, and you'll hear more about it in today's talk. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're really excited to have you. Tell us a little bit about your journey and how you came upon selecting Rowan as your school of choice. Well, my journey to communication started in high school. I had a guidance counselor who came up to me and said, I think you'd be good in public relations or you could go the journalism route. So he put that seed into my head and I loved writing. And when I heard that Rowan had a really good communications program, it was close, not to mention people from my high school <laughs> went to, to Rowan. It was Glassboro State at the time. I thought, you know what? I think this is my top choice. <laughs> And we're proud I to really celebrate those letters, right? We're proud to celebrate the Glassboro State College. Yeah. GSC days were great. Now, what? So, how far did you live? You said it was close. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Leonia, which was a, it still is, a small town. My brother just became mayor of Leonia. Oh, wow. The family, very involved. I was the only kid who grew up there, enjoyed Leonia, went to the high school, left and then just went back to visit. But every other family member, my brother, other brother was chief of police in Leonia. Oh, wow. I, that's just, I feel like I want to try to say it. Leonia. It sounds, it sounds good. <laughs> yes. I would want to live there. It's, it's a great good, town, but I had not heard of it prior to this. No, I had not either. Interview. What, what um county is that in? That's in Bergen County. Okay. Oh, so Bergen's you said we're was, you were close, but that was well, a little bit closer of a than most people, I guess. Right. Yeah. But that's still a hike. Yeah. It's a little bit of a hike to get to Glassboro at that point in time. Yeah. I didn't mind because I could drive and I knew if I wanted to stay, I could, friends could come and visit or I could just go home. But I looked at schools in Washington and Boston and even Maryland and just knew Glassboro was the place. Now, had you, you had you visited beforehand? So no, I didn't. I just heard stories. 
about oh, Glasgow. Good. All right. Well, that's and good. What kind of stories did you hear? Some I can share and some I can't. Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, welcoming stories. Let's put it that way. Is there stories about um, there being good social life activities here? Because we get that a lot from our Glassboro State folks. Yes. 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 <laughs> a lot of social activities. So that was a big draw. But being that communications was such a focus, and I heard that there were really good professors. I was very happy with the communications professors. They stand out in my mind to this day. Tony Fulginetti, I think it was Ben Resnick, was amazing. And a Dr. Vogel left uh, an impression on me. Yeah, how about Don Bagan, too? Don Bagan was also one of the- Oh, gosh, yes, yes. Don Bagan, one of the professors for the PR program who was just like- Phenomenal. It's like the Mount Rushmore of Amazing. public relations was here at, at the university uh, at that time. So here you are, this this young student coming in. And what was your aspiration for your career that wanted to sort of that brought you here to uh, to, Glass, to Glassboro? Well, I wanted to do something in public relations and I was still learning about it, but I knew that I would have some kind of agency experience. And I was lucky enough to land a job at a New York City it, it, it The agency was out of Minneapolis, but they had a New York City arm, and that's where I ended up. And I do feel that Glassboro or, or Rowan contributed a lot to the education that I took forward to become an educator. So I went on, and I don't teach now on the university level, but I taught it. Fairleigh Dickinson for years as a part of their global business management program. Then I went to NYU and I was teaching graduate studies in communications. And I also went to UMass and was teaching for the journalism department. So something around education, I do say, was a lasting impression from Rowan, as well as my parents also being educators. So can we go back to high school? Because I'm wondering what it is your high school guidance counselor saw in you that already pegged you as like a perfect fit. Were you super involved in high school? Were you kind of always, you know, shedding the the happiness of things and putting the positive spin on things? Like what was it about you in high school that your guidance counselor kind of saw in you, do you think? I think it was the writing. I remember entering an essay contest for WOR and I won. And it was after I won that contest, that's when he said, wow, your writing skills, very good. And I was also uh, the principal's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you left that wall part out. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, I had this happy, optimistic view of education. Yeah, my dad was principal of almost every school I went to in Leonia. When I got to high school, I kind of prayed that he wasn't going to be principal because <laughs> yeah. that meant his office would be in the high school. And I think at that point he was acting superintendent and oh, his wow. office was outside of the school. I was very lucky for that. What a blessing. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Could have some privacy in your teen years. Well, maybe that's why she came so far south to, <laughs> yeah. to, to Glassboro State College, right? Yeah. <laughs> so when you when you got here, uh, where were you staying? Obviously, you're not making that commute from Bergen every day. I stayed at Mimosa. Mimosa was was by choice, believe it or not. Uh, (laughs) That was probably one of the buildings that wasn't as uh, new as some of the other buildings or as, uh, I don't know, there there were some really pretty buildings on campus. And I chose Mimosa because a lot of friends (laughs) from high school 
also mentioned stories coming out of Mimosa. <laughs> well, that that uh, <laughs> residence hall is very unique in the way that it was laid out. Like, I remember I was jealous of my friends that lived in Mimosa. I'm like, you have boys living next door? What? <laughs> well, yes, exactly. That's yes, amazing. Our boys are on the bottom floor. Oh. And what kind of activities did you get yourself involved in? I remember I fell in love with Taekwondo as a freshman. Wow. And by sophomore year, I joined the bondo kickboxing club <laughs> and i didn't I even know we had a kickboxing club yes you did mr beeman was the instructor and it was hard and he was tough and it was extremely disciplined and i just remember uh sparring with some of my male teammates and getting pretty bruised up <laughs> so <laughs> i think they did take mercy on me but i still had the full sparring experience now, that was not the activity. I, I'm thinking like PRSSA. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I did that too. That was so secondary to her Taekwondo. She had to do that first, uh -huh. her kickboxing. Yes. Yeah, so I, I was a member of PRSA. And I remember, I guess it was my, it had to be sophomore or junior year. We went to the nationals, the awards. And I'm pretty sure we did well that year. So that was a great club to be in. And then there were student activities, the student activities board. I remember being involved around homecoming. It was a lot of fun. There was no shortage of activities. And I bet there's even more now. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So you took a lot of leadership leadership opportunities that obviously didn't take away from uh, from your schooling. How about the good times? Did that, did that live up to a fruition? <laughs> did, that, roll. did that happen for you? Because I know that was a little bit of it. Yes. Okay. The, the okay. good times did happen, balanced out by a really good education. Oh, and she's the, such a good PR skills. professional. Look at, she won't even go there. I love it. She's so smart. <laughs> she learned from some of the best. What are you going to do? Making a full genetic, you know? She's it's, like, no way. I'm not going there. People, yeah. you can do whatever you want. No. <laughs> so after, after your career here, uh, came to an end here at the school, uh, what was your next step? It was agency life. I did agency work, working for other people's agencies for about 10 years. And then I think I shocked my family when I said, I'm going to create my own business. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Mm. <laughs> and I launched my own little agency. And they didn't know where that came from. I thought, who are you? <laughs> what was that <laughs> like? Was that scary to do that? It was a little bit, but there were certain... I guess uh, ways that I was running somebody else's little agency where my boss was able to say, okay, I'm going to go down the shore. It's Memorial Day. I'll see you in September after Labor Day and hold down the fort. So if, if you can hold down the fort or work for an agency and see different aspects of the business, I, I was also getting my MBA mm. at the time in marketing. And I thought, you know what? I can do this. I can do this on my own. And I did. And as a matter of fact, uh, the gentleman I was working for, he actually became one of my clients when I first launched my agency. Now, how many clients do you have now? So now I have a small roster of clients. I'm really entrenched in communications, coaching, speaker coaching, and training, and incorporating uh, mindfulness and meditation, breathing into speaking, because it's really important when you want to be a, a good speaker and capture an audience, you have to be able to calm yourself, be present, and also read the room. 
I've learned quite a bit about body language. I got certified in body language. I also got certified in cognitive behavior therapy coaching, which really helps in communications and when you're training and coaching people. Can you train us right now? I, I, I can what is say our body your, language? Your body language. Ooh, that's good. That's <laughs> yeah. a good question. Yeah. To what ask. does our body language say right now? That's a good question to ask. Open. Okay. Because we don't have so our arms crossed. Well, arms crossed don't necessarily mean that you're not open. It's always a cluster. Okay. So I look at comfort versus discomfort, and you can cross your arms and have your fingers loose touching your arms. It's when they start digging in, your mouth becomes compressed. And I, I know the anyone who's listening can't see me right now, but compression, it's what your eyes do. It's the way you hold your head, your chin. If I see single shoulder pops versus doubles, everything has a meaning. And when you get a little cluster- I never even of, thought about just single pop. I'm going to watch your shoulders. Yeah, the, the single pop- <laughs> can mean uncertainty. Oh, okay. So if like you're this? speaking, okay. yeah, it's <laughs> a little just just a, a pop up. Okay. It means I'm uncertain or, oh, should I have said that? It, it's a signal. So as a part of speaker training and presentation training, you can show up. And of course you want to align your voice and have verbal fluency and make sure everything flows out of your body. You have to recognize what other people are doing as well. It's a little harder on video, but it can be done. But in person, you certainly want to read those signals and then you adjust how you come across to help people. Because when you recognize somebody is uncomfortable, if you want the conversation to continue, Mm. you're going to soften your voice. You will change the way you use your words and you'll open up your body language so that they feel more comfortable. Now, because you have all that training, is it difficult to just have a regular conversation with somebody without looking into all of that, those kind of signs and signals? Like when you're checking out at the grocery store, you're like, oh. She's going to scan my grapes with a whole lot of zeal over there. (laughs) It depends how present you are. If, If I come out of a meditation practice and I'm with my family, I will recognize certain things that my husband will do as a part of his body language when I go in his office and visit him. (laughs) This is Rob's worst nightmare that anybody could guess anything about him. (laughs) I don't want any tells, but now if I shake my shoulders around people, you're going to, you're going to know now. Well, now I'm going to, I'm going to get some special training from Deirdre on the side so I can, so I've known Rob for 20 years and didn't know anything personally about him for probably 15. Like we had great times. We have mutual friends. We had great times together, but didn't know anything about his personal life for at least a decade. (laughs) So, so dear Drew, you would have been really helpful to have around. Maybe you could have helped me unpack the suitcase over there. (laughs) So you were just very open with your hand. When your fingers are open, you were relaxed and you were using your hand as an, an illustrator. When you were speaking, it was punctuating what you were saying. Now, Rob, you, you are relaxed, but I did notice a little Little chin move. Whenever we use our hands as adapters and we start touching our face, yeah. it's a little stress release. It feels good. Wow. It, it, it's a way to relax. So, oh boy, we're gonna cut this interview short now. I think Deirdre. a little dynamic. Like, gotta go. Oh, no, gotta what's go. going to be said? <laughs> and to chin, but but ultimately, you're you're both 
relaxed and open and certainly happy. Good energy. This. I love this. This is good. I, lo- I do love this breakdown. Yeah. How do they find your services and who, who are you doing this with? My biggest client right now is an asset manager. So a specialized investment firm. And I'm working with investors and asset managers who are learning all techniques for presentation, for if they want to go out in front of the media, if they are uh, doing investor relations with LPs. So it is a lot of one-on-one training. And I've also worked with software providers, attorneys. I mean, think of it, it, it's valuable for attorneys, especially right with, with juries, uh, all different kinds of companies. And if anybody does want to find me, I'm I'm on LinkedIn. (laughs) Of course, I'm a LinkedIn learning instructor. That's something that I wanted to share. So you can find me there or you can go to DeirdreBreckenridge.com. Deirdre, any chance you have watched or are watching Succession? I watched it. Yes. yes. Okay, so I'm only on season two, so don't. T- then we can't talk. Too okay, much no spoilers. Anymore. But I feel like you're probably one of those people in the room, right? Like when the big CEOs are like, you know, they need some assistance because maybe they're in some hot water. Or they need to relate to people, and it's difficult. You're kind of like that person in the room that's like, "Hey, this is what we're gonna do. It's what we're focusing on." That's that's kind of a neat, a neat job. I. Until I watched Succession, I was like, I don't really didn't know that people had things had that. like that. Yes, no, you certainly you, you want to be able to help that CEO in, in so many different ways. And it all starts with their ability to tune in and be present. And I, I know there's a, a lot of emotional intelligence involved. We talk about emotional intelligence, EI in corporations, but it's truly understanding how you feel, embracing it, self-reflection, awareness, discipline, being able to regulate so that you can recognize what's going on with other people around you. Now talk about the pandemic because obviously your business probably changed a bit with folks being more virtual. So those maybe those cues weren't so easy to identify or maybe how folks communicated through these different channels like the Zoom that we're on today and such like that. Um, Talk about that and how that evolved your business. Well, I was lucky to be doing training on video before the pandemic. However, it it is different because let's face it, if we were being seen right now, if this was a video podcast, I'm looking directly at the little green dot on my laptop, which I'm now coming across as if I'm looking at you, but in essence, you're on my screen and I'm looking down, which is in body language, your eyes access in different ways. So if you're looking, let's say down right, that's an emotional internal conversation that you're you're signaling that you're trying to share something emotional. How do I say it? If you're looking down left, that's more rote memory. If you're looking up, upright is recalling an emotional memory. Up left is non-emotional stat figure. But you can see that your eyes are in different places on the screen. So it's a lot harder to read body language. So there is a difference. You have to, you have to be careful. And what about the people that are multitasking? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. How do we know that? And the multitasking. Mm -hmm. We've developed uh, an artificial intelligence tool that my husband and I, that reads your face 98 different ways. 
And one of the readings on there is an attention score. So it, it looks at you in, in different ways. And I'll just focus on the attention score for one second. It'll tell you if you're 100% attention or not based on what you're saying and also what your face is doing. However, if you're on video and if you're not looking at that little dot and you're, you're multitasking, you have different screens, it's going to affect your attention score and you're not going to get a true reading. I have to ask a question about this because, so is this, this, I wrote it down, the upright, down, left. I want to, I want to. <laughs> Rob's and, like, I want to control my eyes so nobody I, well, knows I, what's that, happening. <laughs> true, true. But I also want to read other people in the room too. So can I do this with in-person meetings? So if I'm looking at like, I don't know, let's say I'm going to meet my, my boss later on. Mm -hmm. it, does that still hold true or is that just for sort of screen time? So back up a second for your in-person meetings, your ability to, be able to read the room and somebody's signals and cues, or do you mean the tool itself that we developed? I mean, like, so you had mentioned like the down, right, up, left, that sort of, oh, those yes. types of cues. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yes. You can absolutely tell how someone is normal eye accessing. And it's okay if, if you were to say to me, Deirdre, what year uh, did you go to the PRSSA event in Washington? I would go, up left because I'm just trying to remember a year. Now, if you ask me the, the month I met my husband, I might go upright. It's an emotional mm -hmm. <laughs> memory. Yeah. I met my husband in August of whatever year it was. There's a difference. Now if I've I'm, always heard looking up meant you were lying. I've heard that as like a, is because if you have to think of a memory that, it could not be like at the top of your, you know, the top of your head. But I've always heard that if you some if somebody's telling you something and they look up, that means they're lying. So no, you're so saying that no. <laughs> is not. I I would say and this this is my opinion on based on what I've learned that that's not necessarily accurate. But you have to understand somebody's baseline. What I do in my training sessions is I put people on video or when I'm with them one-on-one, -on -one, and then I create an entire baseline report that says in a three to five minute video, and it's a comfortable, relaxed conversation. Here's what your eyes do. Here's what your shoulders do. Here's what your head, are you a brow illustrator or not? Are you using your hands to gesture? illustrate barrier are they regulators we talk what what are your feet doing if we're in person what's your energy what's your blink rate once Whoa. you understand <laughs> someone's baseline you can then know if they're being deceptive but usually that's a cluster and you could try it if you have teenagers because all of a sudden you'll and our, our kids are much older of course but You'll see things happen in their face, with their shoulders, with their hands. They'll get nervous, but it comes all together. So it's not just one thing of looking up. It would have to be a cluster. That would be different than their normal baseline. And people are worried about facial recognition on the phone. Deirdre just has this all in her brain. She just brain. read us our mail. She, <laughs> yeah. read our ma she read us our mail, which she basically just did. And we didn't get into this. I've known Deirdre before this, before, but we never really sort of got this deep into this. No. And, and, our, and well, I guess we'll touch, keep touching on this for a little bit longer, but are folks shocked about what how they're presenting themselves? Like, are they, are they shocked to learn how they're coming off to different folks? Because they probably have a different perception, right? 
sometimes uh, even to the point where they're saying something positive it's coming out but their shoulders are are shrugging and their heads turning no as they're saying something positive like your head is turning right now oh no no. what is that saying no it it could just be extra energy yeah and that's why i say we do a lot of breathing exercises visualization reflexology and ways to harness energy so it's not coming out of your head, it's not coming out of your shoulders. When blink rates go high, that is nerves. And our bodies are programmed, if you think about it, that freeze, flight, fight mechanism that we have. Whenever our uh, limbic system in the brain kicks in and the amygdala drives the bus, that's a part of the brain that is the emotional center, when we are nervous or overwhelmed or really anxious, mucous membranes dry up. The eyes get dry, so we naturally blink to secrete. So there's all kinds of things going on. And I, I teach the calm. So if your brain is calm, it's going to play out through your body. And your body doesn't leak stress, especially if you're really nervous going on TV mm-hmm. or presenting. You've really amped up your PR background here. This is like, really, yeah. this is really cool stuff. And I, I encourage folks to follow Deirdre on LinkedIn. It's, it's, she posts Thank content. you. I'll be connecting yeah, immediately she, after She posts this content interview. on a regular basis. So besides this industry, obviously, you also are an author. Could you talk about, you have a series of books uh, that you and your husband <laughs> are connected with. Could you just talk about that, how that came about, your goal with all of that? Sure. So I was a a business book author since 1999, writing textbooks, writing business books. And sadly, in 2018, my stepdaughter, Noelle, passed away. And the books that we have now, it's a series of children's books. They're all about families and bonding and feelings and values. We wrote those books in her memory. And every single book in the Whisper from Noel series. So we have a whisper from Noel, Grandpa, Don't Worry, Daddy, Are You Listening? And our most recent book is Grandma, You Give Me Courage. All the proceeds for those books go to the College of New Jersey because Noel, when she was there, her undergraduate work, she was awarded the Outstanding Research Scholar Award. Mm -hmm. So they named that award, it's now named after her, and we've set up a fund so that every year we can fund students in the psychology department to continue with their research. And are these the books behind you? Yes, yes, those those are the books. Where can we find those books? Because I have I have little ones. I mean, pretty little, five and and two, but we read every night um, about all different things, about feelings, about making choices, about. Sharks. I mean, we're really over the spectrum. At, you really it? are. Man. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little bit everywhere. But this sounds like a uh, great. What do you? What is like the appropriate age range or content? And then where can we get them? Three to five is great because they the the pictures are so vibrant, and we also have an activity book <laughs> that came okay. out with the grandma. You give me courage. That can be downloaded on the website. But the books are Amazon. Barnes and Noble. You can go to whisperfromnoel.com and you'll see more about the story and the giving and the books themselves. And you can download the, the PDF for the last book. So thank you. 
Excellent. Yes. So the hope is to keep evolving this series. Yes. I do think that there's a, another one or two books that are kind of uh, circulating in my head. Sometimes when I come out of meditation, I meditate every day for probably about 30 minutes in the morning and then I meditate at night. But after my morning meditation, that's usually when a story just pops out and I pick up my journal and I write it and I show my husband and he says, where does this come from? <laughs> and then he takes it and he works with our illustrator who is fantastic, Daniel, and they create the, the book. The book comes to life. So you're the calm one. Does this mean that Mark's the amped up one in the, in the uh, relationship? <laughs> pretty pretty amped up <laughs> but he does have a a logical methodical side to him what, what what i find very interesting was that he's been it for uh i guess 30 years at the same time when i met him he was painting he has a creative side and that combination right there plus he was an entrepreneur when i met him we had a lot of similarities uh, it's a second, second marriage. And they always say that if you have to do it over, you're going to do it really well. <laughs> and thus is the case. <laughs> See, well, there's still hope for you. Hey, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, hey Brian's your friend. No, Don't talk is, about him like that. Well, that's why I did it. Cause we have to get him on the show on these days. You know what I'm saying? Know. It's, it's, I know. It's fine. I know. Well, is he painting? Like, what's he painting pictures of though? He painted a picture of me. Okay. <laughs> Actually, on one of our first dates, we were at a, an Italian restaurant where you get to draw on the tablecloth. Yeah, sure. And he drew a picture of me. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this, this guy's amazing. And then he started painting different uh, still life and the dogs and Christmas ornaments and whatever he saw. And I do have a beautiful painting, even though he says, no, I, I don't like this painting. I have a painting in my dining room that he did. It's a still life and it's large and I love it. He doesn't paint as much anymore, but I know that creative side is always there. Absolutely. I was going to say if you were pictures of like Steve Jobs or Tim Cook, like computer side, his, <laughs> his IT side coming out, Doubtful. you know? <laughs> Doubtful. So is there anything you continue to do for yourself besides the meditation to kind of keep on top of your PR skills or anything? I read about 50 books <laughs> a year. Oh my goodness. I don't point out all the books on my in my newsletter. So I have a newsletter on LinkedIn called The Influential Communicator. And I just published a recent article that highlights 24 books that I recommended for people to read. They're all different. It's everything from, I have the private equity books in there. I have uh, hypnosis books. There's self-help, a lot on habit change. I love to read. So the books keep me in tune. I have the body language expert books. I watch the behavior panel, which anybody who is interested in, it's not just body language, it is behavior. That's a great, great podcast to watch. And one of my favorite authors is Joe Navarro, who, shout out to Joe Navarro. He doesn't know me, but I, I feel like I know him. He's a, He was a former FBI agent, spy catcher. He's got a couple books on body language, uh, what everybody is saying. And he also has a book called Be Exceptional that I found was excellent. And recommend. Are you like a physical book person or an, are you using e-reader? 
I am a physical book person. That doesn't surprise me. This, this bookshelf is packed. There's packed bookshelves <laughs> in the basement. Uh, I, I try to keep some and then give books away because they pile up. But yeah, I, I prefer, it reminds me of vacation when I was little. Mm-hmm. And that's just carried through. Obviously, it doesn't sound like you have a lot of time. What are you doing in your free time to wind down and, and get away from all the social cues, the PR stuff? and? Okay, so I have to admit, I do love occasionally to binge on Netflix. All right, we're <laughs> streaming shows. Uh, I think it's Succession, Billions. Uh, there's a few others that caught my attention. And even some, I, I think they're... On Prime, you can get the Masterpiece Theater. Uh, you can watch some of the shows like Miss Scarlet and the Duke and The Crown, and they're all great. As we wind down here, Deirdre, do you have any, and you've you've obviously worked in the higher ed space and worked with students for many times. Do you have any tips or, or, or some nuggets you could share with students that are folks that might be out there listening that are in this space of communication, public relations, or even entrepreneurship and maybe considering starting their own company? Well, you just said it for people who are listening, what it takes to really listen. I would tell my students, no matter where I was, that listening is the key. One of my mentors said early on that if you can listen, you'll solve more problems. And listening isn't just kind of hearing, it's really tuning in. And that's where you need to tune in to yourself and be present so you can fully listen and actively listen. So listening is a big key. I would also say, don't let anybody influence you or dash your hopes or your dreams. Uh, There are a lot of times in my career when folks maybe out of uh, precaution and help would say, oh, you can't write a book. You don't know how (laughs) to write a book. And thankfully I use my inner GPS to guide me. And I went and I did it. And I'm glad that I did because I I feel I've educated many students around the world. So really tune into yourself. You use your own inner guidance to empower you. And then of course, you're going to listen to your circle around you who can give helpful advice, but that's all it is. It's advice. Rob, biggest takeaway you took some notes took a lot of notes actually no i love the the piece about the studying people's body language Mm -hmm. because i've purchased other books on that same topic one of the authors that i have books from vanessa van edwards who i meant to mention to to deirdre but i forgot to so i'm mentioning it now deirdre you can listen to it now but vanessa van edwards does has a book called cues i just think it's a great way to when you're talking with people, not only be self-aware about what you're saying, but also really be, as she was saying, present in your conversation with those folks. Yeah, I think that that's really important. You don't realize kind of what you're doing that might give off yeah. certain vibes or be off-putting to folks. So I think it's good even just to know, even if you're not paying attention to it in other people, just paying attention to it in yourself and seeing what that means for you. But I really loved having her. We've had, you know, we're having a little bit of a run with communications uh, folks right now, admittedly. So we're excited because they end up in so many different fields. Uh, The communications degree is really diverse. And, you know, we've seen people take it to the media and PR. And we've seen people do totally different things with that degree. So if you're following along and you're like, hey, this is a lot of communication stuff. It is. It is true. We cannot deny that. We like them 
a lot. I'm yeah. not gonna say the best. See, I pocketed that. Rob and I, Rob and I are communications yeah. alums. Also, you're gonna wait. You're a business alum yet or no? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. We're hoping to get there. Okay. Almost. How much longer well, are you gonna take? Another year and a half. Oh. Okay. We'll yes. Yeah. So well, this, I. I'm an also an educational. Yeah. I'll beat you to the masters, but you're gonna have an MBA and yeah, let's see what happens with this class now. I don't okay. know. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's a great. I'm just personally proud. Yeah, you're. But gonna now, be so great. Deirdre, she meditated. I can't see you meditating. You can't slow down enough. No, I don't think I can meditate. I have a very hard time slowing down. But you know what? I'd probably benefit greatly from doing that. I'm sure most people would, but. Yeah, I think it's just finding a space. I'm always constantly like trying to find like what makes me calm, what makes me get my creative energy out. So, you, you know, even when you're aging, you're still finding out new things about yourself. So Deirdre told us new things about ourselves today. We didn't even know. I'm going to be completely self-absorbed from here on out now. <laughs> Well, we loved having Deirdre. We hoped you enjoyed listening to her as much as we enjoyed having her. You've been listening to Beyond the Brown and Gold on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You can find more episodes on your favorite podcasting platforms by searching for Beyond the Brown and Gold or Rowan Radio On Demand. 